finally time for our mailbag, the final segment of our wonderful podcast. Today we've got a few emails from some of our favorites. We have a new listener, dearie. His name is Ricky Dumbtakes. Ricky Dumbtakes. We don't make this up. We just read them as they are. Right, dearie? Poor kid. <laughs> Ricky Dumbtakes says, hey, guys, Ricky Dumbtakes here. I'm in a 10-keeper league, and I'm obsessed, I mean obsessed, with young first baseman. Currently, I have Luke Voigt, Mike Ford, Nate Lau, Lowe, and Edwin Rios. And it's not enough. Giggle. Okay. Is there a question What's here? the question? Over the past couple of weeks, I've done the unthinkable and acquired too many men to keep. I'm really working hard to trade away Luke Voigt and Austin Riley in a two-for-one package deal, but I'm having trouble valuing them. Where do you guys stand on keeper status of these two players, and what would be a fair return? Thanks for the help, guys. Regards, Ricky Dumb Takes. P.S. I've attached a picture of myself to show how much a fan I am of the show. Some people say I resemble Gene Shalit. But I don't see it. <laughs> Gene Shallot of all people. And the picture is a picture of Gene Shallot wearing a T-shirt with the Enrico Palazzo logo from our podcast on it. So Lovely. There's a little vivid imagery for you. So I don't know what just happened. Uh, something about Luke Voigt, Austin Riley. Yeah, I think Luke Voigt's the only one we're talking about here. I mean, we're not talking about Mike Ford or Nate Lau or no, 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 no. else. Um, Nate Lau's a guy even... I like, but... I. He's not a keeper right now. I wouldn't even talk about Austin Riley. Um, no. If it's a keeper league, and if it's 15 or more keepers, I would talk Austin Riley or Nate Lowe. But Nate Lowe would have to be like a deep AL-only thing. I like Luke Voigt. <laughs> so I don't know if this is the same league that we might be talking about. This might be a friend of ours. Uh, but Luke, <laughs> Luke Voigt was just traded yesterday. Wow. Uh, he was traded to our buddy Joel. Oh, Joel from last week. For a 17th round pick. Oh. oh. Wait, no. Luke Voigt and a 17th round pick for a 15th round pick. So the draft starts in the 11th round because we keep 10 guys. Right. Um, so, yeah, Luke Voigt, 15th rounder? Luke Voigt exploded that's on the scene. Bad. And then... I think that's a real good deal. Uh, if, if we're talking the same league here, Mr. Dumb Takes or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Voigt kind of blew up. In 2018, he came on the scene, and there was some excitement about him. And then last year, he got hurt. So I'm not sure what happened, but his OBP is always very – it's something that's tantalizing. I love his on-base percentage. So what I'm confused about is what's the inclination to trade away Luke Voigt? Like, what are you trying to grab? What are they? What, what, what else do you have? I don't know. He hit 15 home runs in 47 games in 2018. He exploded on the scene. Remember how hot he was that year? He's a good player. I, I, he's someone that I really like if he can stick as the first baseman there. Um, he's 29, though. He's a little older. That's the thing. Is he's come on he's late. In, he's in his prime. But he has a great pedigree in stock. He comes from great stock. Yeah, he's the brawny man. <laughs> he is we the brawny about, man. We, we did about talk that. about Yeah. He's the brawny lad. What so he's about, having he's, trouble valuing Luke Voigt. I think Luke Voigt. What is ADP on Luke Voigt? Can you look that up real quick? Oh, Mr. Voigt, one of our favorites. Luke Voigt is a great first baseman, right? I, a, he's, I think he's a top 15 first baseman. I think that's fair to say. Is that unreasonable? No, it sure isn't. Oh, God, I can't find it, dearie. I can't. Oh, there it is. He is 204. That's not bad. That's good value, actually. I like that. 204. Wow. Yeah. Uh, there's some variations depending on league. Like I said, the most recent league adding its ADP to the overall number is ESPN. And on ESPN, he's going as low as 232 on average. That's real good value. I wouldn't trade him. 
I wouldn't trade him either because then in NFBC leagues, which is people who pay real money on those leagues most of the time, people who are really focused, you would think they would be, he's at 190 on average. So there's a lot more stock put in him on leagues where there's, I don't know, maybe better players or more focused players. Say it however you want. I think you could trade Luke Voigt for a, a third-round pick in a 10-team league, 10-player uh, yeah. 10, 10 keeper. So you're talking 13th round. As long as he's healthy, absolutely. Let's party. Okay, thanks, Ricky Dumb Takes. Now we move on to Ricardo Montalban, our old favorite. He emails the show every week. Thank you, Ricardo. We appreciate it. Ricardo asks, when building out a roster and making, do you favor, typo, building out a roster and making something, do you favor high-end positional talent or pitching first? I go talent Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think pitching you can find later. I mean, you have your super studs. But uh, you you go for hitters and positional talent way before uh, you know pitchers. Well, look at the top twenty players overall on average. They're yeah. obviously they're overwhelmingly hitters, but at the same time, that means the pitchers could be more valuable. It all depends on your format, is it categories, points, roto. I've, you know, I've rarely ever gone for a pitcher in the first three four rounds. Me too. I'm with you there. I, I mean, it, so it depends. I mean, like, you know, I'm in a 16-team league, so I definitely do try to get a pitcher probably third, fourth round. I mean, it also depends where I pick. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I go hitter first. I think that's just you can, a safe play. You can find pitching, man. You really can. Yeah, like you said, the format matters. You the know, injuries are the thing, too. The pitching injuries, you'll just lose a guy for a whole year yeah. with Tommy John. You know, it just you, destroys you. You have wins, quality starts. I mean, pitchers are so streamable, too. So, uh yeah. Yeah, I, I wait on pitchers. So, yeah, de- definitely uh, I value the positional talent first. The Oakland A's pitching staff seems crowded, but also full of potential aces. What round would you draft the following pitchers in your opinion? So he's listed Frankie Montes, Sean Manaya, Jesus Lazardo, A.J. Puck. So those four guys, Montes, Manaya, Lazardo, and Puck. Where would you draft these guys? What rounds are these guys going in? Do you have any idea? Uh, well, yeah, usually... Uh, Lazardo is going about round nine-ish. If we're talking a 12-team league, okay, it's a little deeper than that. But it all—it just depends how many teams are in the league and what the format is. But generally, you can get Jesus Lazardo is the first of these guys off the board. I think. I think that makes sense because I think he's the most talented out of all of them. Um, AJ Puck's kind of a tricky guy. Um, you know, coming off injury a couple of years ago. By the way, the slight update. The other day, they said there was a slight uh, discomfort. Oh no! In the Bad shoulders, news, man. Because I like that guy. Yeah, I love Puck. He's a freak of nature with his size. He, you know, he's he looks like the big unit. He just does. Yeah, he's got that stupid hair. <laughs> I love that hair. It's the same thing. He looks like the six kid. foot he looks ten. Like, he's like the blonde. He's like a blonde kid from Days and Confused, like the little kid, <laughs> the younger brother. He's like the blonde version. Of course. Well, yeah, Frankie Ma- Montes. Ma- actually, Montes got injured last year. Manaya was injured. I'm sorry, I was wrong, Derry. So Montes is the first of these okay. guys off the board at 121 overall on average, and Lazardo's at 136. I, I've just been assuming what I've seen from my own drafts because Lazardo's been going first generally, but this average is a 15 uh, pick gap on the average between Montes and Lazardo. Yeah. So if I'm ranking them, I'm going Lazardo, Montes, Manaya. And then just because Puck's, uh, you know, having, you know, discomfort, I probably put him last. But I'm not, I'm not super high on any of these four guys. I think there's too many question really? marks and concerns, ex- except for maybe, maybe Lissardo. But, I mean, how many innings is Lissardo going to get for Oakland? 
Well, they pitched 12 last year in the majors, so he was hurt <laughs> most of the year. Yeah, I mean. Both him and Puck pitched 10 and 12 innings, respectively. So. Oh, yeah, but can you see 140 innings? I don't think so. 100? They say that there's no restrictions, but who cares what they say? If Lazardo pitches 100 innings, that's a bonus. I think we talked about that in our starting pitching pod. If Lazardo mm-hmm. was at 100, that would be a real bonus. Well, I, I think they're going to, especially if he's pitching well, they're going to have to continue to pitch him because I think they're going to be in the race out west. Oh, they absolutely are. They are the rival. If it's not the Astros anymore, the A- the A's are right there. That's them. I just think that Frankie Montas is the best pitcher, though, right now of all four of these guys. He's got the PED suspension. That's the only thing that hurt him. Otherwise, Frankie Montes, that's the man. Take Montes. He's your guy, Ricardo. Trust me, okay? And A.J. Puck, if he's not hurt, is third. I would put Manaya way last. manaya has got solid command, and he's a he's a consistent guy, but he doesn't have the explosive and possible difference-making potential that the other three guys he, have. He doesn't have as good a stuff as the other guys, without a doubt. All right, so thank you. Now, this, of course, this is a 10-parter by Ricardo. All right, so the next part of this, Greasy Dave in Livingston County. <laughs> These guys are buddies. Yeah, Greasy Dave and Ricardo. They hang out in Livingston County together. By the way, for those of you that do not know, Livingston County is a county north of Ann Arbor in Michigan. It is also a dump. Okay, so Livingston County believes that, or <laughs> Greasy Dave, <laughs> Greasy Dave in Livingston County believes that Darkwing Duck was the best Saturday morning cartoon of all time, whereas I fell more in line with DuckTales or Tailspin. What's your take? Well, first off, right away, these aren't Saturday morning cartoons. These are afternoon, after-school cartoons, okay? Darkwing Duck was after school. DuckTales could fall into both, but DuckTales and Tailspin were like in a block together after school got out. So get your facts straight, guys. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Yeah. It was like a whole Disney block, and Darkwing Duck was like the the last of that. Yeah, definitely but, not Saturday morning cartoons. We're not talking Muppet Babies and Muppet Smurfs and Snorks. Yeah. Oh, Snorks come along. Yeah, I could do that for days. But I think uh, <laughs> of these shows you mentioned, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, Tailspin. DuckTales is obviously like the most popular, but I, Tailspin's very underrated. A lot of fun. Tailspin's fun, man. Yeah, it had Kit Cloud, Cloud Kicker. Yeah. And uh, Blue. Yes. Spin it. Yeah. You know, Blue and like King Louie would show up once in a while in an episode. And, and I that, think they're all three fun programs. That lady was like cute, you know. She had like a bare face, but she was a woman. Was, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was very bizarre. It was a... <laughs> I think I probably watched DuckTales the most Woo! out of all those, and it's certainly the most revered. Oh, don't forget Gummy Bears, which was only on the Disney Channel, but it was a Disney property as well that goes along with this whole category. God, those are fun shows, man. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and there. We were so lucky being like eight, nine years old in like the early or late 80s and early 2000s. Those were good times, man. Absolutely. Get home from school, watch some tailspin, eat some crackers. That's all we had was saltines. We didn't have any good snacks in my house. If we had saltines and mustard, boy, that was a good day, man. Okay, is this the last part of his question? The final part of Ricardo's email. Do you think the rise in Canadian-born sex offenders <laughs> becoming doctors in Michigan is at statewide epidemic levels yet, or is this just a local problem for southeastern Michigan? Boy, I didn't read this before I said it. <laughs> I don't really awful. know much about this. I don't feel qualified to answer this question, to be honest with you. I, we're going to have to read up on this. I didn't know it was an epidemic uh, going across southeastern Michigan. Yeah, is that is that what the that Dr. Anderson in Michigan, was he Canadian? 
You know, the guy who was like being, have you heard about this at all? Wasn't Joel Canadian? Oh, <laughs> that's what this is about. Okay, now I see what's going on. This is a, this is definitely inside baseball here. Let's just move on. Okay. All right. Next question, next email is from Dan. Hey, Dan, who are the most under the radar power slash speed combo offerings for the 2020 season? Top three. Who's the top three power speed combos in 2020, Deary? Oh, God. Um, I haven't really looked into this. Well, uh, isn't Betts obviously one of those guys? Acuna, Betts. Yelich. Yelich. Trout. They're all outfielders here. <laughs> Trout can move, so. Yeah, Trout still. I mean, those are the best, but if you're talking about, like, values or maybe under the radar, I think, you know, Robles, Victor Robles is someone to keep an eye out on. He's gonna... if, he, if he can uh, pump up those numbers in terms of uh, home runs, I mean, Robles is a guy who's going to steal a ton of bases. Absolutely. He's Ro- an interesting player. If he can hit 25 home runs somehow, that boosts up his OPS a ton. He could be a real nice fantasy value later. Well, he's only 22 years old. He'll be 23 yeah. in May. And he... He could have a Juan Soto breakout. Well, like I don't year. know about that, but I mean... You never know, man. This guy was a big prospect, yeah, too. Yeah, I know that he won't have a Soto breakout. But he could have a breakout. I'm not saying that, but Juan Soto is just a special guy. What about Charlie Blackman? Is he on this list? Oh, Charlie Blackman, no longer the steel threat. Uh, Victor Robles can crank up these home runs, which if you look at his career, right, minors and majors, this was by far the most he's ever played the majors last year. He played 155 games. He had 17 home runs. Before that, in 2017, between A and AA, he hit 10 home runs. So he's hit 10 in a season. Well, he was just a kid then. That's true. He was very young. He's still so young. So I like Robles as a value play. And I think there's a real special talent brewing there. I think Ramon, Alfonso Soriano-esque, maybe. So I think uh, Ramon, uh, what is it? Loreno. 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 I think, think Loreno's a guy uh, could be there, too. That's a great call. Absolutely. I really like that a lot. And he gets on base a lot better than Robles, who is horrid at that. But obviously, besides the big three or four, you know, with Betts and Yelich and Trout and Acuna, those guys are the speed power studs. It gets a little murky from there. But... I'm not sure if that's what you wanted. Uh, Hopefully we answered your question, Dan. Thank you very much. And then lastly, our final question comes from John, who we talked about earlier in the pod as one of the trade freaks. That's who this John is, by the way. Don't take offense, John. We love you. Before his injury, where would you have put Chris Sale in the rankings list with wins, strikeouts, ERA, and whip? Let's start there, dearie. I think he was like a third-round pick for me. I would not have taken him. I would have stayed away. I, I mean, I would have stayed away, but that's where I would have valued him. I valued I, – I include his injuries and his uncertainty coming into the season into my rankings, and I had opportunities to draft Chris Sale in the many drafts I've been in already, and I passed in the third round, the fourth round. And we're talking 15-team leagues. So it got into – he was always gone by around pick 50 overall. He was usually gone. So I guess that's where the market of people who supposedly know what they're doing are looking at Chris Sale. Worst case scenario. Yeah, I think I. I mean, that's really where I'd rank them. But if I if I really put my tiers on there and put my top three hundred players, there's certain players I just take out of there, and he'd mm-hmm. probably be a guy I would just take out of there. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I'm not afraid to just cut bait. I don't. I don't think I'm losing anything because I just think there's only players that I can draft to gain from. The next part of John's question says. How many keepers would your league require for you to personally keep his broken-down, jersey-cutting, 
kick ass. Oh, we're still talking about sale here? Yeah. How many keepers would your league require for you to personally keep his broken down jersey cutting hick ass? Uh, I don't, an endless amount, John. Neither of us want Chris Sale. So yeah, so you're talking if about If I had Chris Sale and I'm in a keeper league, I would have been trying to trade him <laughs> for Frankie Montez. In, exactly. I, I, I don't know. No, I, that's great. I, I, that's great. I, I feel like you could get some value out of him. Yep. Um, I'd probably go. Uh, I'd probably ask for a pitcher in a draft pick. Mm, I like that. Maybe that's... A, a, a top 100 pitcher if you could get it, and maybe a third, fourth round pick, maybe. Because there's got to be somebody who's high just on the name. Hopefully, you're playing with some idiot who doesn't pay attention or listen to this podcast in fantasy baseball, and you could rip him off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Speaking of Hicks, who is the most insufferable Republican in Major League Baseball? <laughs> wow. Well, uh, Aubrey Huff is no longer in the league. Oh, so. yeah. Aubrey Huff's out of baseball. That's true. Dude, go on Aubrey Huff's Twitter, man. <laughs> oh, I, no, I heard him in an interview when it's that whole thing. endless amount of entertainment. So two weeks ago, he got disinvited or not invited to the 10th anniversary of the Giants World Series from 2010 that they're having this summer. I, he said some things that were offensive to people. Yeah, he said some real, uh, <laughs> he said some real misogynistic things. I don't know who the Republicans of Major League Baseball are, so I will have to defer to the experts on the politics of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I don't really care about these guys' politics. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's always the big debate. Like, do you care about a person's personal beliefs if they're entertainers or if you're watching? Like Tom Cruise is a classic example. Scientologist nut job, right? But he's been in movies that entertain people, so I. Personally, I'm not a fan of him, but I don't. I don't really care, but I think they absolutely deserve to have a platform and talk about issues socially. I mean, NBA players do it all the time. Um, you're starting to see it a little bit of it with Major League Baseball players. So, I'm not the I'm not the person that sits out there and is like, "Oh, you're just out there just to entertain me. You're not a human too." These guys are humans. They should be able to talk about whatever they want to. I I have the the option to turn it off if I don't want to listen to it. So, well, you do. That's amazing. Wow. You're right. Good point, Deary. Thank you. I agree with Deary. You know, if you don't like something, turn it off. Of course, there is an, uh, there's a draw on the line point, though, where if someone entertains me and they're doing something that violates other people in some way, I don't want to be associated with that. Oh, absolutely. Like Bill Cosby. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to ever listen to his comedy. No, he's, can- his he's, show. he's canceled. Oh, yeah. He's definitely canceled. Finally, can you ask Ricardo Montalban what it was like acting alongside Shatner? I assume that's Bill Shatner. I'll have to ask him. Uh, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. Maybe the best uh, of the original Star Trek movie series. I've never seen one Star Trek if you, movie before the, they started rebooting those ones with all the younger guys. Chris, the Chris Pine. Pines and all yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. I always went to the movies and saw those with Jamie, but I'd fall asleep. So, <laughs> I bet uh, our loyal listener, Steve Guile, would know a thing or two about the Star Trek series. and He actually sent me a text about that new show with Picard. He said it was basically Lethal Weapon, which I thought was very <laughs> what? funny. Come on, is Joe Pesci in it? <laughs> I didn't see. I can't confirm that, but there is a trailer. So they both share that in common, that there's like a mobile home trailer. So, Sure. <laughs> also, this is John's final point. Also, what the Antares Nebula looks like. Oh, that is a Star Trek reference, isn't it? The Antares Nebula? I don't know. I don't know Star We don't know Star Trek, so we are like the last people to get these references. So. <laughs> so one thing I don't know. All right. So thank you so much, uh, John, for the email. Thank you, all emailers. Those were some very interesting questions, and you 
Certainly threw us for a loop. I think half of them were about baseball, so hopefully it was uh, informative in some way. I feel like these guys got together in a room and they're like, hey, let's get these questions for the Plaza Pod. <laughs> yeah, this could be a conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories. <laughs>